Section 31 Going back into a mind. DMT experiences. Miles and Julian and a love that should not have been named because what the hell guys? Did we need this? Did anyone need this? What is with this episode? Is it weird enough to love? Or an aberration to be ridiculed? It's time for the rules of acquisition. Alright. Hey everybody. Hello and welcome to the rules of acquisition podcast where we are going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the uh, the greatest sci-fi uh, buddy show <laughs> that that existed ever or something. I'm sure that James and Hugh agree with me on that. Uh, yeah. My name is <laughs> Wade Bowen, and with me, as always, is James Nolan. Guys, I love my wife. But <laughs> but you love me more. Right? But, but I love you more. What a fucking weird episode this is. But okay, yes. And uh, Hugh Crawford. Hey. Hey. Remember the Alamo. Uh, <laughs> we'll always have the Alamo. We'll always, we'll always have, have the Alamo. All right, yes. We're talking this episode is uh, called Extreme Measures. This is episode 23 of season 7. It originally aired May 19th, 1999. And here is the IMDb description. Dr. Bashir and Chief O'Brien go to some pretty extreme measures to try and track down a cure for Odo. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. uh, This is this opening scene where they catch old dude or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. That's oh yeah. That well, it some, takes like that's like fifteen minutes in or something when they finally get, or when they catch Sloan. That was some of the most satisfying. That was sa- oddly satisfying and the most likable I found Julian in the entire run of the series. Oh really? Ah, I caught you in my trap, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was the most likable I found him when he's just like ready to get down and dirty. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they they take extreme measures with that uh, <laughs> with uh, that dark pragmatist, or you know that Deep Space Nine gets flack for, I guess. But they're like, yeah, we'll torture a dude basically. But then it turns into just like Jules and Miles' excellent adventure. <laughs> well, but, <laughs> and, okay, but real quick, we can all agree finally, and we've joked about it and we've talked about it quite quite a bit that Julian really is a bad physician, right? Like, we can put that to rest. We can, def- we can definitively say that he's a... Uh, just morally, you mean? Just, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. he pulls off some, some, some I mean, great he, things at keeping he, a corpse alive. He did do whatever, whatever it took to keep his patient That's alive. That's true. It meant killing another patient. Right, but also he's the one that put his patient, made him his patient need medical attention in the first place. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like, a the do some... no harm thing. Seemed to. <laughs> yeah, that was forget about that, right? Right. He uses yeah. his medical expertise essentially to think, put an illegal torture device. On yeah. 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 So we could we could finally put that to rest. It's like he's getting practice for his later roles where he plays a terrorist that probably tortures people. Yeah. No, I think that I think that Julian. Uh, where they end up with Julian, I think it's pretty dark, and I don't, and I think that it, it is, and I think it's because they did it because they didn't have any other cards to play with him. Clearly, yeah, and I and I think that it feels empty because they're not like they could, they could be leaning into this since they announced that he had genetically tampered brain or whatever. Like the last person we saw with that is Khan, right? Right, and they're always bringing Khan up in that context, too. Yeah, so you could do some stuff with that. He never teeters on that edge of... Yeah, like... Right. And and you have a perfect foil for someone to do that in the the Section 31 guy, Sloan. Uh-huh. Like, he, he could do, you know, he could be the Palpatine to his, you know, feel the darkness within you, you know? Right. <laughs> Hit me down with your Romulan mind-reading weapon. 
but they never really tempt. Uh, well, like, also, well, this this brilliant idea to catch the guy wasn't Julian's plan. No, it was. It was. It was. It was. So, what kind of genius has has uh, the non-com you know engineer come up with the, oh. the plan to catch the super spy? <laughs> Well, Miles has done his own share of cloak and dagger activities. I think I've argued for that. You know, he's he, no, he's he gotten... does. It's just that it's another thing they take away from Julie. They don't even give Julie. Oh yeah, right. That's my point. Which is fine because they're they're not giving shit to O'Brien either because he's literally just a, a wingman in this whole story. Well, no, he's he's more than a wingman. He's they're 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 taking the subtext and making it a little bit textual that it's so they're, fucking they're, it's so fucking lame, man. I thought that you might say that, but I I, I rather like this episode. I had fun with it. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. I did. Yeah, I know. I'm surprised. Surprise. I thought I <laughs> thought go this inside. Was the worst. The, I thought, I thought we were this was the worst one so far. Oh, clearly, going inside the mind episode. Yeah, well, he's, I thought that that is. Ugh. This isn't the first time that Julian's done that either. Usually, he's had to go <laughs> in his own. Mind oh, no. It's a compromise. I, it's a compromise choice. That's not how they originally wrote it, but they realized they didn't have any money in the budget to write sets. They were going to go on a. Uh, I don't know if they were going to go literally to another planet or was the great mind heist, the inception was going to take place in various interesting vistas. I talk about last episode, the lack of vistas. (laughs) Right, Uh, right. Which is even they had to address is why are we in his mind, but we're in our house? Like, that's fucking stupid. That's at least, you know, some of the earlier seasons... This some this could happen and it would make no sense and I would say something like they just need one the right one line in there to explain yeah. it and that's all they had they and they do at least here we are at the end they finally they give me the one line so yeah <laughs> I'm just wondering why the inside of your head looks like our space station I wanted you to feel at home I, yeah I mean there's there's clearly a lot of this is restrained by uh, a small budget yeah but I had a blast with this episode <laughs> it, <sighs> it was like a Bill and Ted. Two two guys on a, uh, yeah, and I and I fully, I'm I'm so surprised that y'all don't agree with me on it. No, I I was expecting as much. I mean, I hate I I hate I pulled this card out a couple of times. They hate this episode too. Who? Iris Stephen Bear, Ronald D. Moore. Um, sure. The writers. Weddle and Thompson. Weddle and Thompson. Yeah. So like it is. What do, what do they hate about it? That it's weird. Um, that, that's that, what I love about it. Yeah. That it's, I don't know that it, it, that it's about trying to solve Odo's crisis, but also are they like, it's trying to like reach for a nature for their characters, but this wasn't the venue to do that in. And I don't like all of the conversations about like being in love with each other uh-huh. is, I mean, it's, it's a weird way to frame that. It's a but nonetheless, that's fine. But that there, there's nothing in their lives that are pushing that forward. Right. There was no. It was brought up. Like they're right. not having a problem. They're just they're wanting to, to talk about like, like yeah. yeah. I mean, they're they're about to die, and they're talking. I that's like, a pretty general problem. Well, sure. <laughs> that is probably the most general problem you can have. Well, it's pretty universal then, I guess, huh? I mean, it is, like, everything, it is weird how it's, this is a, this is clearly a siloed off episode that is just style feels different than a lot of the other stuff. We don't advance the Cardassian plot any. It's just about... Mm-hmm. Julian. No, everything's all of a sudden brought to a grinding halt except for this. We're just slowing down and it's just Julian and Miles going on a adventure in Sloane's head. But that's what I like about it. There's this point where there's a whole scene where I'm like, I think this would mean more to me if I knew more about Sloane, but I don't I don't know what to make of this. Like I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's just bizarre and weird at some points. Like it's like, huh? But I, I, that's what I, I had fun with that. Like, I mean, they, they go full, like, he talks backwards. They go full, like, Twin Peaks for, like, a line. Because, like, they get down, yeah, we can break down the episode, I guess, if y'all want, but. Yeah, that's what we do. Because, I mean, it, it starts off and it's not, it's not immediately just 
Miles and Julian on an adventure. It's Odo in a hyperbolic chamber, and he looks real gross. He looks like the Scarecrow from Wizard of Oz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hello, if I only had a brain. <laughs> right? Yeah, and he's going to put Nadion burst, and he's like, tell me how long I got, Doc. And he's like, oh, well, you got a week, maybe two. And then he's like, Kira, you got to go, babe. You can't, you can't see me like this. And, you know, they have their... They have some moments where you watch Baryle. I don't want you to see the last memory of me to to be you know, me all fucked up. And and I don't want the last thing I see of you is the pain in your eyes. And, you know, it's kind of it's you know, it's not like a finest Ronald D. Moore dialogue or anything, but it's fine. It wasn't Renee Echeverria dialogue necessarily. Either, right, so. right. It's a little. Yeah, it's Weddell and Thompson. They are not always the most impressive writers that we have, but this this was like one of their for me. This is one of theirs episodes that I liked more than others, just because it because it was different. I guess is maybe the most just because it got weird, and I <laughs> I, now, I I can write on that novelty. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't. I don't. I think you. In, I I don't enjoy men's relationships always being contextualized as sexual relationships Uh and i don't and i think that's a pretty hack way to go and then i think that then they always do the gay panic element which they like they were just just a sousant of this and yeah there's a sousant sure yeah there's nothing sexual here talking about loving you more than you love your wife frames it in a (laughs) sexual context Uh, but (sighs) she always said i i liked you more than i liked her that's ridiculous. Right. Oh, maybe maybe you do a bit more. What? But and but what they're trying to say is just you know, bros, man, we're pro, you know, and and it sounds dumber in that context. So they didn't. Well, I thought they were doing yucks. Yeah, too, like you using it like it was all couched as yucks. Yeah, I mean it's yucks. Death yucks. I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, but you know what? There's a lot of uh, LGBT viewers that love that scene, and I was like, I see why. Why would they? I, why would they love a scene about two straight people talking about how they're straight? Because it's not. There's because all you can uh, get. Gay at this people time don't is have to like the gay people they don't do, have they, to live off of this fucking occulted horseshit anymore. Of it, but they can <laughs> fucking enjoy it. They're not living. Off, no, yeah, you're right. They don't have to live off of it, but they can get a kick out of it, especially in you know. <laughs> you take what you get, and it's a fun. They're playing you with that. You take what you get. Ah, uh, well, the famous. In 1999, you kind of did. The marginalized. Uh, I'm not saying the, the, the thing that marginalized people love the most is the old take what you can get. Yeah, you get you get with your themes, and you can you know that the writers maybe didn't intend it, but the, but it's there. It's there. <laughs> that's an absurd. A, that's an absurd case to make. You're 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 absurd. No, I'm just saying that. I know what you're I'm just not, saying. You're just saying marginalized people should take what they can get no, because that's not what I'm, sa- I'm, I'm you're, you're saying. I'm that said they that. love it because they that this is all they can get. No, no, that's not. I'm clearly that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but they'll take it. They, they can. They'll take it and they'll have fun with it because why not? Because that's all they can get. No, it, I just said it's not all you can get. <laughs> I also don't think it's like. <laughs> I mean, what I I think you're trying to compare it to shipping uh, the Winter Soldier and Captain America, or sure, or Watson yeah. and Sherlock, and I think that that's a little different. But I also I I, I, don't. I, I, I think that those those friendships are done. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't. I don't think that. I think that this is a weird moment and a weird time to be giving these characters this beat, and. It seems like going over something that's obvious, you know, they're, they're, they enjoy each other and they have a tight bond. Male to male friendships isn't something that necessarily has to be explained for you on a TV show. And I felt like that they had to take a moment to reflect on that. And I was like, why? It's just obvious. Why not? Well, because there's nothing, they had nowhere to go with it. There's not a reason to reflect on it. They were just reflecting on it because we probably need to reflect on it before the show ends. Sure. I mean, we don't need to reflect on him as uh, who Miles is as a whole character or anything to do with his actual fucking family, which we've seen start and prosper over the course of this 
12, 14 years he's been in our lives. Yes. So we don't have to do that. But we are going to have to over-explain something that's already just kind of obvious and, and, and do it without any pot, plot relevance whatsoever. Okay. It's weird. I'll fully admit that it's weird. I mean, I've said I like the weirdness of it. But here's my take on it. Was it fun? Yeah, I thought it was. And I liked it for that. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, you take what you can get. <laughs> I, I take stuff they put there and I have a good time with it. Yeah. and Get it. Sure. <laughs> All right. But it's not because that's all I can get. No. I don't I'm not beholden with this because given scraps, but was it a fun little I guess yeah, I guess I'm just saying that like this why why did they have to have these epiphanies in this episode? Why? Like what was the plot reason why and then what was the overarching sort of artistry reason why and both of them are pretty lame. Like they were both going to die by trying to save Odo. And that a genocide happens if they fail. And that that's compelling enough, but why at that moment do they turn to like, I'm going to miss my wife, but I'm really going to miss this like half-formed asshole I've become a friend with. Why, why, why not? Because it's not indicative of who Miles is at this moment, and this is some of the last moments we get to spend with Miles. It's indicative. And so it's not indicative of like who his character is in total. And so I would like to see I would like to see O'Brien being like to I, I think that they're kind of half-assed doing that with Kira, that they brought her back to this resistance leader and resistance training, and you get to see her in an element where she's super fucking strong and super fucking confident. And there's this sort of great thing where she's she cut her teeth, just you know, killing Car- Cardassians, but now she's trying to train the Cardassians in the way that she killed them. Mm-hmm. It's that's pretty interesting from like a you know, from like a structure, cir- you know, coming back around perspective, right? Right, Ooh. where Miles is just nothing, like Keiko is not on the show, like she's references being like off camera a couple of like she's just right over there, right, it's right. Keiko, wave to her. Hi, Miles like, is most mostly he's used for like. Hey, how's that thing going? Here's yeah, last right. Do I do I okay? I mean, yes. Do I think that Rosalind Chow got a raw deal? That Keiko was underserved? I, I, I think, think I think O'Brien got a raw deal. I think O'Brien's getting a raw. I deal. mean, yes, yes. I do. I wish that they had more with uh, exploring Keiko and O'Brien's relationship. <laughs> yes, I do. Do I also see that they ex- explored use this episode to explore? Miles and Julian's relationship. He jumps into Sloane's brain because because he's not going to let his friend die. He's going to protect his friend. So then, when they're at death, they explain their emotions and how they feel. Like and so that's in uh, service of what they've been doing with these characters. Do I wish they'd done more? Oh, for hell yes. But did I did I have fun with this episode and what they did here too? Yeah, I did. Well, at least you had a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, are you, I'm not gonna begrudge you a good time. I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. Are you framing it as ironic enjoyment? No, I mean, I, because I, because I, I, that I legitimately don't understand what you just said. I, which is that, do I wish that they did more? But did I have a good time? Yes, because one of it was like, are you not disappointed they didn't do more? I can be disappointed and that, still have a good time. That Keiko is underserved. And still enjoy what they did with him and Julian. I guess so. I mean, I wish I I I could do that. I wish I could be disappointed and have a good time at the same time. Well, I'm not disappointed like this episode in particular because... Christmas gifts. I'm often like that with Christmas gifts. Because what this episode was doing... (laughs) It was about them, their relationship, and and Miles and Julian, yes. And I enjoyed that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. But yes... In a different episode or whatever, in the total of this last season, am I bummed out that Keiko doesn't get to do more? Sure, but it's not, it's not focused I'm into this. That O'Brien doesn't get to do more. I'm bummed for O'Brien. Sure, O'Brien I mean, is defined by these people in his life, and I like him more than these other assholes. And I'm like, sure. and he is relegated to being boner to like Julian Bashir's like Kirk Cameron and I just don't <laughs> I'm just not on fucking board. I don't know. Yeah. It's just depress it's depressing and this this episode just cemented it to, like is that they got nothing to go with him and nowhere to go with him. Uh, I guess I should point out Colmini got really pissed. Oh yeah, and called Iris Stephen Bear to the like to the set and yelled at him and shit and lost um, the argument. 
about that, like, there's no way that Com- Comini would say that he loves anyone more than Keiko. Oh, yeah. He got, and that was a big deal with Comini. And I mean, sure, fair enough. I mean, I, it, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah, that's that's what I said I liked about it this whole time. <laughs> no, I'm saying that like if Hugh Crawford ever or one of I mean you're you are not married, but if Hugh said he loves me more than his wife, that I don't know. I mean, I don't like it would be weird in the moment right. and in every moment after that. Like I don't know what to <laughs> <Every>. take. <laughs> like I don't it's weird way of phrasing that. And I kind of get it what they're saying that like you're your commitments are different and that like you're your true, you know, because you have to be a provider or a protector to your family. But when it's just you and your friends, you get to be a little bit more of your natural. It's weird, though, to say it that way. And it's really weird to like talk about it for like, like he didn't <laughs> say it. And then like one of them go, what the fuck was that? And he goes, yeah, that was pretty weird. Sorry. <laughs> you know, like that's the way like the yeah. office or superstore would do that joke. I love you more than my wife. Well, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, just forget I said that. Like, they didn't do it. They expounded on it for, like, a while. And Yeah, they're, they're evolved human beings in this 24th century, and they can just admit it, man. <laughs> no, we're doing, like, obviously, Miles can't. I actually felt like they didn't even reach a conclusion that w- 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 with their own understanding. Mm-hmm. They didn't no, because they, 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 at the end, they're, they're, he's they like, went back and forth and contradicted each other. Like, well, I, I don't, but you do. I don't, but, but you do. Mm-hmm. But didn't you do? And then at the very end, he's like, well, do you want to come to dinner? And it's like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And they go off. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a very weird, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We were talking about, we were breaking the episode down, but, uh, Oh my god, I don't remember. What. They go into his brain, and then we they, well, we so, meet Sloane's wife for a while, and then thanks, muffin. Well, they they go to they have to go to Cisco before that, and own up to like that they were. We talked about this last week, and I I feel like I have to mention like where they call out why last week you're like, well, the only reason they didn't do that because they were like we got to wait for next week to tell Cisco about the Section Thirty One thing. And the whole, and then he, and the first thing Cisco says is, "Why did you come to me with this mm-hmm. instead?" It's, yeah, he's, he's like, "Why? Why didn't you come to me first thing?" Well, and they they give him the reasons why, like, and and Cisco didn't say, "Shit, do you know who I am? I'm totally into this shit." Like, <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> did I, I mean, tell you about the time I killed that Romulan? <laughs> <laughs> right, he doesn't do that at all. He's like, "Oh, hey, do you need anything?" Is like, "Oh, oh, by the way, we've already done some uh, shady shit." Sure, sir. Done some shady, some yeah, some shady, shady shit. shit. Yeah, that's what I do yes. with my daughter. Shady shit, sir. Yes. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then it's like, oh, we've kind of learned section thirty-one here, and and Avery Brooks is like, what? <laughs> it's kind of like, what the fuck? It's, and then they explain, it's like, and then he's like, genocide by by Federation citizens. I mean, I know I, you know. <laughs> tore up that planet with a genetic weapon or whatever to get to Eddington that time. But it wasn't genocide. He just made it inhospitable. That's a whole discussion what he had years ago. By his own Federation members. Yeah. That people who call themselves Federation members. Right, right. They still well, they still, don't they still have such an inflated importance over the Federation after all of this shit. Yeah, they do. Right? Well, <laughs> they seem like such... That's the lasting joke on this whole thing. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I, even Julian, like, that's how he figures out it's Section 31 that did the Odo virus, because real Starfleet would never. It has to well, be. Well, then later, yeah, well, then he backs off and he's like, but then like 74 people would have had to work on this. And that's 74 federations. Yeah. yeah so. Right, right. 70, 73. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's different writers, so they forgot that last time that. Word. I oh, don't did know. they say? Was that in the last episode? I don't remember. No, 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 no. Different. We watch these in batches, and yeah, no, no. It's in this one that he's like, there's computer experts, doctors, admirals, clerks, at least seventy three people, and mm-hmm. Miles is like, oh, I, I thought you were gonna say seventy thousand. It's like, oh, so, so it's not this many. The augment can narrow it down to only seventy three. That's that's not so bad. Out, but of. it could have been seventy. Th- I mean, that's the thing. You could have been. You don't fucking. You know, it's the. Well, he's a, he's a con. He ran the numbers. But, but no, but yeah, like this well, idea that once you, I mean, sort of that's, that's the nature of evil. Yeah. And that's the point that right, they're, right. they should be making. And I don't know if they're, 
I don't think that they know their themes well enough to know that this is the theme is that that systems are always like corruption and villainy always comes from systems, not from people. And that's sort of like what they're sort of once you have the system like Section 31 in place, it doesn't matter if you kill Sloan or kill the 73 people. There's no amount of system, no amount there. If you keep the system as corrupt, the system will will grind, will, you know, because right. the, the systems are to perpetuate their desired result. And they don't care about the collateral damage. Well, that collateral damage is you know, freedom or, you know... Right. I mean, they know. realize that they haven't gotten rid of Section 31 by getting rid of Sloan, at least by the end. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think that they... Like, yeah, but I, I they still have this sort of dumb, idealistic sort of way where at least I think in last week's episode they got close to this concept of like, you know, the system that Galron led and the system that the Klingons live are never going to be... This is never going to, this is only going to make more Galrons, you know, or, right. or what, you know, that the old Cardassia is only going to make more Cardassian occupations. So right. you have to root and stem this motherfucker. The temptation at the end of the episode. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, that's what they're trying to, because in their view, like Section 31 is not part of the system. Section 31 is clearly outside the system and it delineates it as like but, a boil that needs to be excised. That's like saying, how can you make that statement if they've existed since the charter? I mean, they've been a part of it for the whole time. There is no right. there is no federation without section 31. Well, so there's no Well, that's the that's the kind of the the question of it all. I mean, you can always say like, you know, when these kind of people who are trying to say patriotic statements go, these are the thing these are the people that built America and you go, that and slaves. You can't take the slaves away from it. And you can say that with these are the people that made the Federation great. Well, that and Section 31, you know, they were fucking around this whole time. Right. Well, yeah, I guess the why these characters can think differently is because they don't know about the slavery. Yeah. I mean, they know about the existence of it. And they think they think that they can perpetuate the system as it is through these ideals if they get rid of Section 31. They think that... Yeah, they saw what the, that's what the CIA defenders always say. People always hate the CIA because they're... Just, but the, because, their successes, the, because their successes are silent and their failures are public. But nobody's defending the CIA in this. They're saying the CIA is evil and needs to be gutted. I guess I'm saying that their, ideal, their idealism about the Federation needs to take a hit right like they don't see section 31 as a function of the federation they see it as an aberration right. but there's no reason for them to see it that way well they don't i don't know i think they still have like there's bad things that the federation has done but whether or not the federation is sustainable they still think it's sustainable without who's they that you're talking the, about the characters of the which characters all are Starfleet people uh Julie Wait, not all of them because how many of them are, are like minus the 73 we're talking about three basically we're talking about three characters right Cisco Julian mm-hmm. and O'Brien the viewpoint heroes of our show mm-hmm. but they really don't talk about this stuff very much no they don't right they don't I mean none of this we really Even don't know they asked the que- I mean they I think that they've asked a bigger question than they meant to maybe I mean yeah, I think that's definitely the case. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, I think they wanted to do some cool spy shit, and without yeah. giving much thought to the larger ramifications of their world building. And can we? We can just admit that, like, Section Thirty One has taken over the Star Trek fandom or mythos or whatever story, whatever. I mean, like, it's on every fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. Two of the fucking movies are about Section 31, the whole, like, a whole chunk of the new fucking show, and some fake new series is probably just never going to come out. Right. Two movies were about Section 31? Well, the definite, the the, the Kelvin Kelvin, movies. Two of the Kelvin movies. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I I think, like, Gene Roddenberry would clearly say it's an aberration, and, I mean, it's only, as Star Trek has delved into Section 31, they've only made... Mm-hmm. canon that the federation is not possible without section 31 section 31 always said that but there there was like julian and cisco had this 
vision that, wait, the Federation is possible, and then the Section 31 is definitely a stain, but it's not intrinsic to what the Federation is. That was kind of a conceit going forward. But then you're right, as Star Trek has dealt with Section 31, it's it's gone deeper into that and said, well, no, it's not just a stain. It's, it is part of the system. Well, I mean, you could always... I mean, you can say you know bad cops are not a part of the of the of the NYPD system, but you know, but don't you have you know or Chicago bad cop, you know, all over you, but you have this systemic issue, right? With this. I mean, I'm sorry, but you got black sites where you're killing, we're holding, you know, like that. So well, that's what I'm saying, and yeah, but that's not say, those aren't just bad cops. That's a bad. Yeah, neo-Nazi cops are bad. But I'm saying there's never been a there's never been a federation without Section 31. So you can't say it's an aberration. You don't know. Well, these characters think that it is, and you can think that it is. I think that you maybe can. someone should say that. Maybe someone should. Say- I think you can say that, and then yeah, as it's been dealt with, it's been codified as even not. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's in it's the 31st section of the Federation Charter. I know the history of it all and everything too. But it's yeah. like saying the Department of the Interior is not a function is not is an aberration of America. Well, the Department of the Interior is Wade's whole argument is it that it's an aberration as far as these characters and this one episode is concerned. And then it yeah. Yeah, and I think that, that yeah, that 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 makes me think that the characters are dumb. Well, I still kind of believe in that Star Trek idealism. That oh, I would love to. I would love to believe in that. They don't give it to me anymore. They're giving me this, but see that I. That's what I disagree. That I think DS Nine does. I think DS Nine is how do you, these kind of things pop up and you have to constantly fight against them. Hmm. That's and and the defending that idealism is what Star Trek is all about. Even in even with the existence of Section Thirty One, the whole point is it's fighting against it. Because it's the darker side of humanity that's always going to be there, I guess. Oh, but, I mean, they don't... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's ambiguity for ambiguity's sake. I think that they're trying to be dark. I mean, I've said all this before, and I don't so, know if yeah, they... Yeah, I know. And I, I, I just... I think life is... There's ambiguity that people have to deal with, though, and I, I don't think it's all for... I think it's, it's taking this Star Trek and trying to uh, complicate it, not just for grim dark sake but just to try to explore different angles of what the star trek is about then why aren't they doing more with the exploring because that's the thing is if you're not just trying to be grim dark then that's what they're doing they're not really mining it for pathos or or any sort of real view well, i like there's no i think they kind of are minor in these few section 31 episodes that we get i mean this isn't grim dark most of this episode even if the idea of Section 31 is... I mean, they're going to win... I mean, I guess my point is is that they've created a story where they're going to win this war because of fucking Section 31. And... But they're not going to win it the way that Section 31 wanted to win it. Section 31 wanted to genocide everybody, and they find a way to circumvent that. So? So that's that's a good thing, to fight against these darker impulses. Even. We didn't go as far as they wanted. Yeah, and this... I guess I'm saying they would have won that. They would have lost this war without Section 31. Who knows how things might have played out differently, but, I mean, it's it's a... Yeah, the Section 31 machinations fit into it. A writer should have thought of that. I just... I feel like they... It's just, again, it's underthought, I guess. Is mine. I, yeah, maybe. I mean, they're they're th- they're like three weeks away from permanent vacation. <laughs> yeah. Or they pro- writer probably would have thought about that, but they're too busy faxing their resume to Becker. <laughs> <laughs> when you meet with Tom at uh, at the Celebrity Center, right? Make sure that he knows that you're you're gonna pitch you're gonna I pitch mean, this for you want Ethan Hunt and this and no. Right, right. No, I mean, I think that they're they're throwing this extra complication into the Star Trek mythos and dealing with it. The fact that they don't follow every thread to its and fully explore every uh, possible ramification of it is not an outright failure. It's just they just didn't. They. I think we should. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to let the metaphor go that the plot line is that Section Thirty One introduced something into the Dominion that ruined the Dominion in the same way that Iris Stephen Bear injected Section 31 into the <laughs> Star Trek mythos okay. and it took over it and fucking made it, like, I don't know, uh, unhappy to, right. from, you know, whatever. It, I don't like it anymore. Yeah, yeah. And everything is Section 31 now and just I don't give a fuck. Right. And so I think that there's something about that. that so I think... You, I- 
I think somebody needs to come in and fight against that until Section 31 genocides all of Star Trek. And we need some heroes to to resist that impulse. And before they genocide all of... yeah, Dude, if they mothballed this fucking thing, if they mothballed Star Trek, that's what I want. That's what I want to see. I want to see this whole fucking thing mothballed. Yeah, it's not going to happen, bro. That's that's a little too grimdark for me. I don't I don't I don't see it. That's a good conversation that we I'm sure we'll mm-hmm. have at a later date. <laughs> yeah, but right. it's interesting to me that they basically we have this episode that's sort of like a bottle episode because they're saving they're saving their bullets for the yes. last <laughs> yeah the last one right uh-huh. and we don't even see it really doesn't have any larger ramifications no. outside of. This is just like a low. This is just like the stakes are only Odo's life throughout this whole thing, right? That's a, so it's not even. It's not even the war that you guys are talking mm-hmm, about, right, really. Right. That's a pretty big thing, but it's just one kind of switch they flip at the end of it. Like the rest of this episode, it's leading up to saving Odo's life, but Odo's not really in it. It's mostly just Julian and Miles going an adventure in Sloane's brain, and they talk to Happy Sloan, who's like happy to see you guys, and they're like, "What the fuck is this?" And I will say. That um that elevator scene was way too long. <laughs> that was that was my one. Like I had fun with this episode, but like when they're scared to let go of the turbo lift, I was like, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, man, just like get off the damn thing. <laughs> but uh, you mean we can let go? I don't see why not. Well, well, what? You first. Yeah, this was like I, they they managed to get a yuck yucks episode in in a way that I was kind of like, why is I don't know. Yeah, and we've d- talked about that before that I don't need. Yeah, I don't need a humor episode thrown in. Like I don't I don't know. Yeah, humor and 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 also the most grim dark thing they ever did was Section Thirty One with uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and then seeing Sloane's whole family that this whole is fucking, scene with it. Here's my very large son and my dim wife. <laughs> and it's so fucking mind-boggling to me. That <laughs> I loved it. I mean, it was so weird. They added all this weird shit, and it didn't go anywhere, and they gave it so much time. There's a whole scene between Sloane and his wife, and it's, <laughs> and I don't know why it's there. Thanks, Muffin. Like, I don't, like, ugh. I yeah because it's not a search for who's hey you know what though we do have we do find out that section thirty one has relatively low overhead they They don't don't have have any office yeah they don't keep offices (laughs) yeah right Uh, or filing cabinets or files there section thirty one is basically just a loose organization of people who keep all their information in their heads and they don't have any offices he's got like a memory palace like Hannibal Lecter or something it's it's, but like when when happy Sloan is like thank you for killing me and his wife is like thank you for doing this for him and they're just like uh you're welcome that was so weird I kind of loved it because it was just like I don't know and I I know I'm alone in that but I had (laughs) Like, I was trying to figure it out. Is it like, was this like a search into who Sloan is to understand who's sick? Because that would have been the better way to do this episode where it was like. No, nah, they didn't they, even do that, though. Yeah, that, that you're an exploration of what Section 31 is through the exploration of who Sloan is. And by you would meet his wife and his family and all of these different facets of his personality so that you would learn something about that and therefore learn something about Section 31. I think it, we're learning about. About Sloane and before his death, he's like having this like, you know, realizing all that he wasted and he's happy to meet his dream wife. It seems like they wanted to write William Sadler more lines. Yeah. Hey, and that's never, that's not a bad idea. He's great. Uh, that's a problem that shows fall into, yeah, I guess, yeah. Uh, you know, your ideology, like what su- he sums up, what is the writers think is the uh, goodness of Bashir which clearly uh, we might think different about him as the doctor and everything. You're Doctor, you've been a beacon of light to me. You're living proof that ideology is a poor substitute for kindness and decency, and that at the end of the day, it's our actions, not our beliefs, that define who we are, what we are. Yes. Thank you. I'm very glad to have helpful it's, mm-hmm. it's i don't know it's just i i, I don't know it's, it was it was a weird turn for sloan to, to take in the the 
characters seem taken aback and i was like how does this even fit in i don't know i had a good time i mean i I didn't hate the ending thing where julian's got to decide between whether to save odo's life or to try and quixotically take down all of section 31 Mm -hmm. uh but the decision seems to be get close once you find i don't know it's one of those things once you find out that that's the game it's pretty easy because you know that you're going to that you can't make it. Right. That, that's the whole point. Yeah. So. But he would have been tempted. He would have died, except his old buddy Miles was there to talk some sense into him. Yeah. You saved it. <laughs> and then he mentions that, uh, oh, wait, here's a file on Jerish Inyo, old President uh, Joe Camel, I believe. That's who that was, right? Yeah. yeah. He's got a man in his cabinet. Mm-hmm. And operations on Kronos. Oh, that pro- that might go all the way back to Discovery season one with <laughs> with the uh, oh, never mind. Uh, yeah, <laughs> fucking a man. <laughs> that, Woof. That show that show still haunts you. Watching that second season was not good for you, man. Oh no, yeah. It's really nice. It's uh, nice not knowing this shit. You, I totally forgot about season you one. You don't know what second season. No, was I two. don't. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I know that I've forgotten six, uh, season one. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I have not. I'll never, never forget. No, uh, it's just fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like really being into like Enterprise or something. It's just the... All right. Well, I think Enterprise holds up better probably from what I hear. Probably. I don't know. You, y'all have watched Enterprise. I have not. So I guess y'all are. I think Enterprise is probably what broke Star Trek. I think that's my, mm-hmm. my Oh yeah. Well I don't Mothball the whole I thing. Don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think no, I think nine eleven I think nine eleven yeah. broke Star Trek. Yeah. Sure. And then And I think that in Enterprise is like watching it happen in real time. <laughs> <laughs> that's something that we, we might talk about as Yeah, point. now you get to watch someone try to be like this IP chasing like mm-hmm. you know, Marvel Game of Thrones shit that Eh, Mm-mm. you know, whatever. Yeah, that's just that's just yeah, where that's, we are. That's the world we swim in now. Mothball the whole uh, thing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, as far as this episode, just, or just uh, just tell better stories with the franchises you got, and for the big stuff. And I want the I want small artsy people to make good stuff. That's not what the big studios are doing. But that's I guess that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> make other shows, everybody. Everybody that wants to write for Star Trek, write for others. Make new things. Make new things. Yeah, sure. We all need new things. Yeah, but... uh, And it's hard to say that you want Star Trek with new and more interesting stories. Just want new and more interesting stories. They don't have to have a com badge on, you know? Yeah, but if you tell an interesting good story with a com badge on it i'm there for it oh yeah but it's just it's 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 going to be built into the system not necessarily that you're going to be whenever you have this uh sort of regurgitation of of history i mean that maybe that's the anomaly of next generation is that they somehow resisted that against all attempts uh that they resisted regurgitating the original series yeah and that's kind of going forward try to do that so it's not impossible to do something good with stuff. Or it could have just been Gene Roddenberry's new thing. It could have just been that. It'd been just as good. Yeah. Well, it could maybe, but what they did was good. So do I don't do we are we done with extreme measures um, or do we want to talk about? My God, I want to be. Uh, uh, <laughs> or, do you want? Do you guys have final thoughts or anything yeah. before we go to the IMDb people? Uh, well, look at that tunnel over there. See that that light. It's the tu- it's the tunnel. Oh yeah, it's the tunnel to the yeah. great beyond. They don't know about in the future. They That's don't know about DMT. <laughs> yeah, <really. laughs> it's the tunnel. I don't believe the tunnel. Well, uh, yeah, well, it's you know your body's be- yeah. releasing a drug Come that Joe Rogan smokes, and that's where the tunnel comes from. Never give up. Keep trying to make Star Trek mm-hmm. like Travis and Crockett, mm-hmm. <laughs> even if you're th- you know it's not going to have a happy ending. Yeah, you know. <laughs> They did though. They did the old switcheroo where you think they're out, where they woke up and they go about their life. Oh yeah, they, oh, yeah. Oh, we're still here. And you know that 
that was almost effective. <laughs> like when he wakes up, I was like, clearly it's just going to be a dream. And then it's like, well, maybe, nope, there's 10 minutes left. It was, <laughs> it was so close to working because it was like, oh man. If it didn't if, work, the first time then, I, it, then the episode was super pointless. <laughs> I mean, because you know, like, oh my God, Odo dies. And it's like, oh, you know, it was so close to working. You know, it sold almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Good, but I mean, it's pretty tropey that like you know once they go into his brain when he wakes up, like, well, this is gonna be a double, this is gonna be a double fake, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, maybe it's not. Oh, oh no, Odo just died. How sad. He's he's gone with no hope of curing Odo. Mm-hmm. And the way that Odo was lying there, yeah, it was a pretty good for a shapeshifter acting. Like he didn't move at all, just his mouth moved. That's how I would expect a a glob of goo to talk to me when it's about to die. It wouldn't waste time on all this extraneous stuff. It'd just be the mouth part moving. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's... <laughs> even though in real life, if you think about yeah. it more, they would just make him be in his gelatinous oh, yeah. state. They don't even let you wear underwear in a bat in the in the hospital <laughs> because it's a complication. <laughs> so, I mean, I just they, they would have just said, be goo. Well, it's he's not wearing actual clothes. His clothes are part of him anyways. Right? I guess my point is, is that he's having to expend energy to morph. Oh, yeah. When he, he would be, be in, in a bucket, bucket right. he's dying. He sleeps in a bucket. I thought that yes. when he was with Kira and Damar, I was like, why doesn't he just go be his bucket in the other room? Yeah. But, they, but I mean, they, they, they ultimately can't, you know, they can't have a bucket with fake mouth on. <laughs> yeah. I want you to leave, Kira. I don't want you to see another person die in this room. <laughs> oh, when she kisses him, I was like, ew, because it was real gross. Like, just like. He's all flaked out and mm-hmm. gross looking, and when she's saying bye, it's like, "No, I don't care what you look like. She's like you look real nasty." And then, and then she leans in for the kiss. Is like, "No, no, no, ew, ew, ew," but she does. Okay, good on you. Yeah, that was pretty gross. <laughs> and then also, Julian's reading a tale of two cities, and then that's the other thing when he realizes it's we're still in the dream. Mm. It's it's not because the letters are all gobbledygook, but it's because. He hasn't read that far, and it starts over because that's all Sloan can do. Is there do. any? It's, there's no like other reason that they're reading. I mean, like, there's no like thematic resonance. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. So just the facile nature of the line. Well, hey, it's the best of. It's we a, have it's, a messy family, but I'm reading Anna Karenina, so it makes sense. Like, you know, I don't know. Uh, it's a grim, dark DS uh, section thirty one episode, but it's also a lovable uh, yucks episode with Bill and Ted. What I, what I mean is, is you don't have to know what the fuck. Like, I don't know. It's like my least favorite thing. It's I a mean, fam- Star Trek is loves throwing in references. Whenever they can. So I guess my point is, is it couldn't have picked a book or written the story to where there was some thematic resonance that the book is important, other than just that the line, because the line is specifically making reference to French Revolution and all kinds of shit going on. Right. Like there's, it's my mother's favorite book. It's a damn good book. It's right. uh, like you know, he should have been reading some Philip K. Dick or something. Is what you're saying? No, I'm <laughs> saying that like they should they they didn't have a reason for picking it. They just wanted to make this literary illusion, but for no reason. I don't. Yeah, know. that's what I'm saying. They should have picked a Philip K. Dick where it's like or a cyberpunk thing where they're going into mines or something. Or, or I'm reading the novelization of Inception. Or, yeah. Or, yes. <laughs> <laughs> or something like yeah. Or I don't know. Yeah. But they didn't. All right. I'm not surprised that they wanted to throw a Dickens reference in. Or make an allusion to the reign of terror, maybe, or something, which, you know, is about the, that's what the book is about. Something like that, I guess. Yeah, it's the next one. Well, it's not Shakespeare. Let's throw Dickens in. That's just, yeah. That's, I guess they could have picked something else. No, Dickens fine. is fine. Just don't, I don't know, just do it better. I don't know. <laughs> Dickens is good. I like Dickens. Dickens is probably more apt. I like, I like Dickens more than Shakespeare. Sure, sure. But, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I thoroughly enjoyed this episode, if y'all did. I guess my point is is that there's nothing about this episode that involves the Reign of Terror or the French Revolution or any themes from that book of sacrificing yourself for for love. Like, none of that's in this. So why did they... I don't know. Because it was the best of times, and it was also the worst of times, James. That's... Yeah. that's uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's, that's uh... That's Nickelodeon storytelling there. Yeah. That's your Dan Snyder oh, well. level. Of <laughs> yeah. That's your Dan Snyder level of story. What's his name? Schneider? Yeah. Dan Schneider. That's his level of storytelling. So, 
Luckily, there's no children on this set. That's true. <laughs> For Dan Schneider to get weird about. <laughs> yeah. Just iron, iron Stephen Bear. So, <laughs> yeah. do we... <laughs> what? How did the... Yeah. So, they go... They eventually wake up and all that jazz, right? They play some darts and he invites them to dinner. He's like, right. I love my wife and Keiko is quite a woman. She's held... She's kept my dinner warm for me. I better get home. Keiko is holding dinner for me. And and you want to come, Julian? Yeah, okay. You got any Sunny D? And all that jazz. They go watch Fer- Fosse Verdon uh, before they go to... Yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah. So, that I mean, that's the episode. And Odo, Odo is cured. And what will that have repercussions? Probably. Let's hope this is the Nadar of the... Uh, is of the of the ten part series. So. <laughs> oh, and they steal some of Quirk Scotch. We could hope, but I'm not gonna bet. <laughs> I, if this is the Nader, I'm I'm fine with it because I I liked it. There's essentially what two more episodes, right? I guess so. Two, three ish. I guess one, but they the last two appeared and was cut as one episode, right? Oh yeah, it's yeah. Dogs of War and. What you leave behind? What what you leave behind? It's a two two hour thing. So yeah. So what are we doing now? We're we're guessing what the people think. Yes, you're guessing. <laughs> okay, I haven't looked it up. I promise. I imagine it's going to be a little bit lower than last week, and I'm fine with that. Even if I enjoy this episode, uh, it's not the most masterful, but I'm going to say seven point nine. Uh, I'm still, I don't think they're going to hate it that much. I'm going to go with 8.2. 7.7. Woo! All right. I went lower than I thought. Waiting. <laughs> they're earning your respect back. Yeah, slightly. This is the last of section 31. This is closing out some chapters yeah. of, of the arc here. I'm trying to, and Dogs of War is the Damar, big Damar episode next week. Uh, the final Peter Allen Fields credit oh fuck yeah he is credited with the story yeah directed by avery brooks uh teleplay by eshavaria and ronald d moore yeah so that's a weird combination there's a lot of yeah that's their worst writer and their best writer working on a story a story by their the, best and writer. Then they may have just thrown money to him like they did with the last one but, right right because i can't imagine they probably bought one of his existing pitches yeah i'm sure that's what it was i don't think he they don't think they asked him to be a part of this surely so i don't know maybe we'll find out next week next week all right yes wade do you want to tell people how they can get a hold of us all right. I don't guess you have any questions for anybody this time either. Uh, no, I screwed the pooch on that this week. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Next week I'll come correct. Okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You All said right. that last week. <laughs> you said that last yes. week. <laughs> uh, uh. Oh yeah. So how can they get a hold of us? Well, they can uh, go to the website kickersofels.com, Twitter, Kickers Podcast, but uh, Patreon. That's the best way to give us money and then you can go to the discord and get a hold of us that way. That's, 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 that'll get my attention anyways at patreon.com slash kickers of elves or, uh, you know, the hotline will be open for a little bit longer at 917-408-3898. We'll probably get around to releasing or some of those at some point, but yeah, check out all the stuff on the Patreon really, uh, and see if you like it. That's, that's my biggest pitch. If you feel like it. All right. Well, thanks again for listening to another episode of The Rules of Acquisition. Please come back next week as we come, we count down to, I believe, the penultimate episode of our series. Yeah, for Wade James and myself, three to beam out. You come from somewhere back in the long ago. You're unbelievable. Just a second. Guys, turn that off! Well, hey. Wasn't that extreme? Check out the patreon.com slash kickers of elves. They're still talking about anime and Evangelion, I guess. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> this is weird, having to do this at this time of day. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. all right.